This CSM 14 candidate interview is part of a larger series. You can find interviews with many other candidates at talkingstations.com. This interview of candidate Jurius Doctor, a member of Iron Armada, begins with Raiden asking about Jurius's history and Eve. Hi, I'm Raiden Harmon. I'm from Streetfleet, and I'm here today to introduce Jurius Doctor, who is running for CSM 14. Jurius, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thanks very much. Uh, the interview today. Um, introduce yourself and tell us a bit about your EVE career today. Uh, what have you been doing? What have you been getting up to? And tell us a bit about what you love. Well, I started playing EVE in earnest about six years ago. I'd picked it up a couple of times before then on different characters and just kind of, you know, had my two-week trial and then decided it wasn't for me or had subscribed for a month and then left. Eventually, I found my way to Eve University, and as is the case for many who find their way through that, you know, campus or collection of campuses, they eventually subscribe uh, at quite a high ratio. And that was always my experience being there. And I really enjoyed my time in Eve Uni. I became a teacher. I was a member of the events staff. I led many uh, memorial rooms and um, rooms to visit the various sightseeing locations in Eve, including the uh, the wreck of the Seraph and several other locations, uh, BTEC R5RB, and you know a lot of the the, the big sites that new players want to see. Yeah. And I really excelled, I think, in sort of that community role and working with people and teaching. I really enjoyed teaching with Eve University, and that's actually what kicked off my desire to sort of grow what I was doing outside of the game. And since then, I have become a YouTuber. Um, in the last year and a half, I've seen very, very good, very positive growth of my channel. I've gone from basically 100 subscribers to just under 3,000 in a year and a half, uh, which has been fantastic. I love the support from the community. I also write for INN, um, predominantly political pieces and writing about diplomacy, reporting on recent news. And um, in addition, I have appeared on several podcasts, including Talking in Stations, the Mind Clash podcast while it was still active, and the Open Comms show. And I have attended Eve Vegas for the first time last year. I'd love to be going again this year and go to Eve North because I am Canadian. Um, unfortunately, I haven't had the opportunity to go this year just because work's too busy. But um, meeting the community and, and being in those places has been fantastic and being able to interface with the devs. And uh, a big part of my real life um, work has been hosting meetups and and being a meetup host for Eve and getting people together in, in community and getting to sit down over dinner and, and interface and, and, you know, talk about their lives inside and outside of the game. Nice. Um, FanFest last year was my first as well. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, okay, so the CSM 14... Um, have you applied for CSM before? I have, I was thinking about running last year, and I think the thing that held me off was just the fact that I knew I was going to be expecting a new daughter. And uh, I am actually, again, a father. My eldest is 18 now, so old enough to be playing Eve themselves, but not <laughs> their style of game. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, it was one of those things I didn't want to promise myself to that kind of commitment, walking into having a, a, a new child with my new wife. Okay, so this year is more um, you have the time to do it and it's time to make that next Exactly. Step. Okay, cool. Yeah, the, the dust has settled quite a bit. <laughs> um, so 
Who are you looking to represent at the CSM? Is there a demographic you're specifically targeting? Are you going for everybody? Is it a community thing you want to do? Uh, tell us a bit about um, who you're trying to appeal to in the voting base. Well, I would hope that I appeal to everyone. Um, however, that's not my focus. In fact, I'm probably the only candidate whose focus is not the players who are currently playing the game, but those who should be playing. Uh, I am very heavily focused on recruitment and on what CCP and the community both can be doing to grow this game. Uh, every time I hear the, the old trope that Eve is dying, I want to light something on fire and run screaming down the street because <laughs> it's not true. And it, it has never been true. And while we have seen engagement numbers decline, a lot of people tend to forget things like the the fact that people who started playing in their 20s in 2003 were in their 30s and having kids in 2014, which is when we started seeing the numbers decline. I think it's a demographic shift, and I think that there's plenty yeah. of opportunity for us to grow the game and that a lot of the people who are screaming, you know, Eve is dying are the same people having kids and spending their time at ball games and barbecues, not in game. Funnily enough, I hit the demographic you were just talking about because I left in 2014, had kids, came back. You know, one of those things. And that's what happens. That's the natural progression is that, you yeah. know, certain ages, your priority shift, and then you get free time again, and suddenly you <laughs> want to engage yourself with the things that tickle your brain. Um, right. I've been reading your campaign post, and you've stated that I'm a proud and vocal citizen of New Eden. I'm running for all of New Eden for the community. And you want to give back to that community, which is why you've stated you've gone for the CSM. Um, what is it that you want to give back? Is it your time, effort, or is there something that you really think you can make a difference with? There's actually a number of things that are, are platform items for me, things that I'd like to achieve if I am on CSM in the time that I'm there. Um, and I won't get too deep into them, um, but... Mm -hmm. New attraction retention, uh, working with CCP to improve and expand their marketing and to you know take advantage of things that they're not, um, to work with the community to develop better player-led education and mentorship, to work with the big blocks to decentralize their recruitment campaigns so that they actually focus more on teaching general skills than trying to teach pilots to be what they need. And what I mean by that is that, you know, to some degree, everybody will learn a lot of the core skills that they need, regardless of where they go, if they've got good teachers. Horde mm -hmm. is good at that. Red versus Blue. Uh, EVE University is particularly very good. But EVE Uni is the only one that I've really picked up on that really focuses on you know holistic training. Whereas you know, the argument can be made that PL, Goons, Test, Manifesto, they're going to train the pilot that they need. They're going to train for the type of pilot that they want. That doesn't necessarily encourage people to consider things like signal cartel. And and there are ways of playing the game. We're playing the game without being lugged into the game that really enhance people's satisfaction with it. And those are parts of the community that often don't go underscored. And there's also uh, two-thirds of players aren't represented in any of the marketing in EVE Online. Two-thirds of the people who play this game exist in HiSec, or at least two-thirds of the character count. And we hardly ever hear about them in the news. Um, I can really relate to what you're saying. Um, when I first um, started the game, I actually joined an academy, which was an academy for test. Um, 
and we were being taught how to be test pilots, basically. And I eventually ended up uh, being one of the directors of that academy, and I stayed because I enjoyed it so much. And yeah, it was. We were definitely being trained to be uh, test fleet pilots, basically. So I understand what you mean. So I didn't really learn the rest of the game. Yeah, and I think that there's there's space for us to add tools and interfaces in the game and also player-led initiatives um, is sort of in the meta of the game or outside the game that will help improve people's engagement, attraction, um, learning, and their ability to, to, to move with things in a way that they find that a little bit more free to be able to say, okay, I'm done with this thing. I'm not happy. Uh, I'm not growing. Where can I go next? And that's where we see some awesome tools that have come into the game, like the activity tracker, but there's nothing building upon those synergies. There's nothing, there's no tool in the game right now that says, um, I'd like to do more of what I've done in the last two weeks. Find me three corporations that match my, you know, my activity tracker or, or have a membership very heavily vested in those activities. So if somebody decides, you know, they're going to start doing more mining and they're not getting enough support from their corporation, we should be able to make it easier for them to go find an industrial corporation that's yeah. active in those same activities where they can learn and grow that skill set. That's a nice way of looking at it. I think that's something that should be uh, used. Hmm. Okay, um, we're going to move into more of the campaign post. Um, the way I like to do things is talk about what you've said rather than try and get you to say something. I'm taking from uh, what you've said on the forums. So you stated that you've been working with devs on community development. Um, if you're allowed to, can you let us know what that entailed that you were working on? Well, one of the things that I touched on, it, and I'm not the first person to have the idea. I just brought it up at Eve Vegas, and they reached out to me to talk about it uh, and to review some of the, the work that they've been doing by the side of their desk. But the UI pointer tool, and while it's still currently only in a beta or even alpha testing phase in CC, uh, the fact that um, CCP devs were able to uh, turn that around and, and specifically CCP Carker, like she was running this entirely by the side of her desk for her. For, she's she's wonderful. She's a unicorn. We should keep her. Um, but she, <laughs> you know what that she was able to turn it around from uh, the end of Vegas to basically February and have a working model that um, works beautiful. The interface is fine. And then, you know, it's, it's imminently understandable uh, and it fits in with a lot of the changes they've made in, in link highlighting and, and syntax highlighting and stuff in the game um, makes it extremely understandable. And, and, and the question that I'd raised at Vegas was, is there the ability to take advantage of some of the, the features that are already built into the game in terms of, you know, um, overview highlighting when somebody broadcasts a target, that target jumps to the top of the overview. All I need is something like that, something that flashes, that says to a player, when I'm explaining something to them in a class or I'm trying to educate them, this is the thing I want you to click on, regardless of where they've moved it in their overview or their HUD. So no matter how they've customized their game to their liking and their whatever makes their brain happy, I want to make that thing flash so that they know, I mean, click here specifically. I really think um, with the introduction of that, it really is a turning point for things like Eve Uni. Um, as I said, I, I was in an academy and teaching other people. And 
having a tool like that would have been invaluable whilst I was doing that. So I really think that's a great addition to the game and I can't wait to see where they go with it. And, and I mean, it goes beyond that too. Like um, some of the holographics that have been added to the gates are wonderful, but being able to see that mm-hmm. on stations that very clearly identify for for people who are approaching, this is not a friendly station. Like so that new players to the <laughs> game who don't understand uh, some of the highlighting and the overview that yes, you do or do not have docking privileges. That's a nice feature being on a mouse over and see that, but having okay. some sort of holographic uh, on the station saying this thing will target and kill you if you get too close you know if they do a look at that would be nice it's a tiny feature it's it requires them to to use that look at so it's not going to rob anybody of of good kills if they park something along the way but it is one of those things where you know how can we make it a little bit more intuitive a little bit more understandable for new players and um you know, engaging with the community and engaging with devs to, to talk about the community. Uh, one of the things that, you know, I asked, I solicited them for their advice as much as I was attempting to give it was to say, based on your experience as devs, what are the things that you'd like to see from the level of how can the community contribute to driving some of the retention campaigns and the marketing campaigns? Well, this um, segues quite nicely into another question I have for you because because you seem to be championing or I'm not going to use the term white knighting because I, I really don't like that term, but um, you seem to be championing and have a strong stance on player retention, um, stating that the player base is res- it's the player base's responsibility. What would you like to see from the player base to encourage retention, not necessarily CCP? I think that changing the war deck uh, mechanics was one of the first steps in, in improving the experience for new players because all new players start in ISEC. And um, it's not fun for somebody who's just getting enough of a, a grasp of the game that they can figure out and put the money together to put down a structure um, with them and their friends only to have it blown up by somebody because it was convenient for them to do so and it wasn't one way war deck. Um, and it's that sort of, you know, kicking down their sandcastle when they've just learned how to build is the kind of thing that's really defeating for new players. And it is the kind of thing that will drive people out of the game. And while there are corporations like um, Code and Pirate and others that, you know, glorify hunting and killing new bros and blowing up ships in general, you end up in a situation where you're creating a culture in the gameplay that that exists already, but you're exemplifying or, or building upon the most negative aspects of it, especially where new players are involved. And it's not one of those things where, you know, you blow somebody up and then you say, hey, here's a private convo, here's some money for your ship, here's how you could have avoided this in the future, and if you want to learn how to PvP, come with me and join my corp. It's not one of those uh, instances where you're building upon the person's enjoyment and experience, where you're actually going and sending them a message immediately afterwards or, or milking that, those salt tears and saying, ha look at you all butthurt. Um, that, that, that kind of approach, that kind of attitude um, has bled into areas of the game where it has no place. There have been times where I've gone into the Nubro help chat and sat there for several hours to help um, guide people, to answer questions, to address issues. And a lot of the people who are in those channels do a beautiful job and they're volunteers, all of them, and they do excellent work. And a lot of the ISD staff are fantastic too. But there are days where I can't stand to be in those channels because they've become so toxic. Yeah, I think um, 
the player base does have to look at itself at that point. Um, I honestly think with the war deck changes, they should have made it two stations instead of one. So these new players who just get to build this first thing they've ever had and then get war decked and get destroyed. I, I really think it should be two because it's showing someone that has got the understanding of what they built and then want to expand. Yes, they then need to de defend that expansion. But the the initial station, but then you'll get stations everywhere, I guess. Um, there, there's so many dual-edged swords on that. Yeah, it's a little bit like grabbing the sword by the blade. You know, you can you can make some improvements that improve quality of life for all players, but then you almost make it easier for people who really just want to have a, a place to park their skill farms. And it, it becomes one of those uh, situations of give and take where part of, you know, an argument is you're facing a, a question between balance and predictability. You know, um, fairness doesn't even enter into the question because you can't plan on fairness. But if you make something predictable, people will go, OK, well, I understand that. Whereas when you try to balance something or you try to 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 correct for imbalances, rather, um, you end up kind of sitting on the edge of the fence in the sense that, you know, we can give a benefit to these people. But then do we disproportionately advantage or disadvantage others? And, and that's kind of the hardest part of the conversation, I think, in mm. in CSM and talking with devs is that when they bring a new idea to you and say, you know, how is this going to affect the game or how will this advantage people? How do you, the players, feel about this? And is this something you're excited about? Well, I mean, at the end of the day, CSM has the freedom, or the CSP has the freedom to say, you know, we're not going to listen to you. We're going to go ahead with the name because this is something we want to do or we've spent dev dollars on. Yeah. Um, but where CSM acts as counsel and provides them that feedback, they do a good job of attempting to listen. And there are times when... The only way to really see those gaps is when you have somebody who is a, uh, you know, ruthless opportunist looking at it. Well, that, uh, yet again, you bring me very nicely into one of my next questions. Um, the last CSM, um, the balance pass that came from it, um, it was a really big balance pass. And I'm surprised with... Um, it's been said by many, many people that it was very heavily on the Imperium side. and But I think these guys actually thought about the game. They didn't do anything to improve what is good for their alliance. They actually thought about everyone else as well. And the changes that were made, do you think they could have been improved on? Or was there something they went a bit too far? Or do you agree with the changes and think they strengthened the game? And How would you have dealt with having that stuff put in front of you, do you think? I'm a little challenged by this because I've played in every area of space. And while I presently live in Nullsec, um, in Fountain, my corporation goes all over the map. We tend to deploy regularly for fights. We go out to places when we can't find content. And, you know, we've done things like uh, dropped Fortazars in Nullsec space adjacent somebody just to see if they'll fight us. And so, you know, I'm not tied to a particular meta. Uh, I'm not heavily vested in, you know, the super capital umbrella or those kinds of engagements. And it's very rare that I'm in a fight where yeah, I start running into tie-dye. Um, I like to see some of those mechanics expanded upon. I think the yeah. changes to fatigue and to, you know, work walls and, and um, to faxes have all been good. Um, I like some of the changes that have been made there because – 
they're trying to compensate for the fact that once you get into a Rorqual, you have three Rorquals. Once you have three Rorquals, you have faxes. Once you have enough faxes, you can put a super out, and it's unlikely people are going to kill it very quickly. Yeah. And then once you have supers, you can rat to the point where you're making the income to afford titans. And then once you have titans, you have more titans. And that's where we end up with the, the obscene super capital proliferation that we've seen in the game. But you can't really compensate for that by making them weaker because the problem isn't how powerful they are. The problem is how easy they become to afford. And that's a natural climb as people's competency in the game begins um, to grow. I mean, you start off as a new player. The idea of making 100,000 isk seems, you know, huge. A couple of weeks in, several million isk feels like a mountain to climb. Yeah. After 10, after 10 years... Yeah, after 10 years in, 10 billion, I mean, you blink, you can probably pay for that on your credit card and not even twitch at it. You probably spend more than that on coffee. So yeah. there's there's a point at which, you know, you're you're not you're not fighting a, a question of game mechanic, you're you're fighting a question of economics. You're fighting a question of dollars. And as as we mentioned before, the um player base is a lot older, generally financially secure, um intelligent players so i can see yeah, and, and where so, the problems come yeah and ccp relies and they're very open about the fact that you know a lot of their income stream comes from whales that are buying you know plex in the thousands of units uh on a regular basis or, or even the tens of thousands of units and selling that in game or trading it um and you know is it really unexpected that a you know young md working in a hospital you know 24-hour shifts but wants to have a lot of fun on his days off isn't going to play even you know be a little mini megalomaniac and have fun with it no and especially <laughs> if he can afford to throw thousands of dollars at the game why not yeah why not indeed um okay um this what right this next question i quite like because I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what you say about this because I I tend to agree with you. I'm not supposed to say that in an interview, but I'm going to go with the question. Um, you've also said that large political bodies get too much attention and important parts get overlooked. Can you elaborate on that? Give us a better idea of the more important parts you're talking about. So I'm guilty of this because I write for INN and Imperium News um, can can – parade it being impartial, but it's filtered through the, the lenses and biases of the people who write for it. And I'm yes. not saying that it's very heavily Imperium biased. Um, they tend to do a pretty good job of just reporting news hits as they come in. But a lot of the, the commentaries and the op-eds will you know, tend to favor a particular view. Um, and they'll, they'll favor the view of the person who's writing them. And a lot of what we focus on in Eve News, in, uh, in, in Eve News and Imperium News and all the different uh, news sources surrounding Eve, and even into the bigger mainstream media, PC Gamer, Tent on Hammer, um, all of these groups is that they focus on the big fights. They focus on the numbers. They focus on the big backstabs and the multi-trillion dollar ship thefts. You know, they, they tend to focus on, on those kinds of big events. And we don't do a good job of celebrating the successes of small entities. We don't do a good job on talking about uh, the benefits that the game conveys for those people who have the ability to yeah. climb the knowledge wall required to get into the game. And we don't 
you know, celebrate those organizations that do a good job of building community in the game and out. Like, yes, every now and then broadcast for reps or spam for heels will get a good pat on the back. But there's a lot of other good work being done by organizations that, you know, predominantly live in high sec that we don't hear enough about. There's not enough of the good news. I think um, they're starting to make a change on that, um, especially with the monument to the signal cartel pilot that flew all the systems. I think that's a step in the right direction. I definitely agree. And I think that that's a, that's an area where there's a possibility to, you know, build in more of that sort of attention. Um, and I think, I think the intention is there because you have to be able to say to players, you know, that the only way right now, the only way you're really going to make a big name for yourself is if you accomplish something like that, that takes a decade to do, or if yeah. you get into a big organization and develop a name for yourself, uh, yeah. like Vili, who's also running for CSM. He's very well known as an FC. He's very well uh, celebrated for good reason. Um, but in, that takes a long time and it takes a personality that gets you into that kind of place. And it, it, there is a, there's, got to be something for new players more than that that says you will take enjoyment from playing EVE Online. Okay, I have, okay, this, considering you're running effectively against this person, um, you do state at the bottom of your campaign post that you're voting to re-elect Steve Renukin, um, who you respect very much for what he's done for the game and the CSM itself. Is that someone you want to emulate, that sort of um, influence within the CSM? Different people, and, and by different people, I might say Jin, Yintan, um, will have different comments about how, how they've worked with other people. And uh, I'm not picking on Yin by saying that. I just remember that him saying something in passing about Steve. Um, <laughs> and it was neither good nor bad. It was just commenting on the fact that... Um, Steve has made some amazing contributions, both in the CSM and out. And uh, what I like about him is um, a lot of the tools that he's built, everything that he's done from his coding side has has advantaged himself, obviously, but he's, he's made it available. He's made it open source and put it up on GitHub, and he's made it available to people so that everybody can build the same tools. So when he's when he's putting something out there, uh, integrations so that you can pull Eve market numbers into your Google Sheets to do calculations, you know, I mean, make the jokes you want about spreadsheets in space, but it's true. <laughs> it and, true. and people will build efficiencies where they can. And he has done more good for the whole community in creating some of the tools and websites he's created than very few other players can be measured in the same scale. Um, and I can't speak to what his contributions heavily have have been inside of the CSM other than what we read in the CSM minutes. Yeah. And because I haven't sat in a room with him for hours, I don't know what he's like as a communicator. But I can say that his focus on making the game better uh, in broad strokes um, is, is, is huge. And, um, you know, everybody will have their personalities 
Uh, I'm sure, you know, Yintan and Killaby and Sword Dragon, they're all wonderful people when you get to know them. But until you've had to argue out a point with them in front of C3P, <laughs> you don't really know what you're running with and or against. And I am definitely the kind of person that with a background in project management and in IT, I spend a lot of time in rooms where if you add the, all, all the salaries of the people together, you're sitting at a million dollars an hour to, to have a meeting. Um, and, you know, the the personalities and, and heated tempers don't bother me. They don't fluster me. And if there's one thing that I bring to the CSM meetings as a CSM member, it's probably just a cool head and the ability to communicate equally with everyone and meet them at their level, regardless of whether their day job is to be a truck driver or whether they're the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. Um, because at the end of the day, we're all getting the same things out of this game. You know, we, we may have different um, – we may have different – particular nodes of enjoyment mm -hmm. uh, some might play some might play more on the economics than we play on the pvp but at the end of the day it's our game and it's us as a group that will benefit if we grow how we get people into it and if we grow people's enjoyment that are already in it and um really my focus on on all players doesn't stop by getting new people into the game because there's opportunities there to be seized in how we how we make the opportunity for more Steve Renukins. Uh, I'd love there to be six of him. And there are. <laughs> there are other people doing amazing oh, stuff sure with API and building in this game. But, you know, um, the counter argument to Steve is that, you know, uh, I'll, I'll, steal a, I'll steal a euphemism. When you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. He's a programmer. You know, there are certain things that are going to bias towards what he wants and what he wants to make available and, and, and possible. Um, and there are things with my new bro focus that might work against me. There are uh, people playing the game who will be, you know, diametrically opposed to my desire to make it easier for new bros. I'm not saying, you know, simplify the UI. Um, that is unfortunately one of those things where the only argument is get good. Um, but <laughs> we, we can make it easier for you to get good. Nice. Right. I'm going to finish now with a, a bit of a fun question. I've asked everyone I've interviewed this, and I kind of like it. So bear with me on this one. Which dev, for whether they're still at the game or they're not in the not at CCP anymore, given the choice, would you like to sit down with and really hash something out or talk about or find out about? What would be the main thing you want to sort out with them as well? So, so to to reiterate that. Um, which dev present or past would I like to sit down with and just chat? Yeah. And is there a specific subject you'd like to chat about? Yes. I'd have to say CCP Snowden and what ESI Mark II should look like. Or easy as it should be called. What would you like it to look like? I know this is a very well, and, uh, random and, question, but and and here's the thing is, is that you know ESI or Easy gives us a lot of um, a, a lot of potential, but there's still endpoints that are missing, and there's things I think we can open that don't break the intelligence game. 
that don't, um, you know, transgress against people's privacy rights uh, in terms of like protection of their information um, that we could expose that would be useful. And I'll give you an example. Uh, one of the one of the tools that I've seen built uh, or that is under development in different stages by different groups is a way to track what are the contributions of players and fleets that aren't PvP related. So how many times did somebody successfully light a helpful sino in a fleet or an exit sino? How many times did somebody, you know, deliver fuel how many times did somebody, you know, uh, scoop loot or, or salvage after a, a big structure bash? You know, where are the places that people have contributed to the efforts of their organization uh, or dropped loot into loot hangers that are, you know, one-way drop? You drop them in, but you can't take stuff out. So how many times are people contributing from from their ratting, from other um, endeavors to the success of their alliance or corporation, um, you know, that's hard to map. That's something that is, there, are, yeah. there, are t- there are tools to do it. And there are endpoints that you can sort of glean the information if you know what questions to ask. But it would be really, really nice to be able to say, if we know that we've got 70 warm bodies and thir- 300 characters, just throwing numbers out there, yeah. you know, how many of those warm bodies are contributing and be able to say, you know, like, CCB gives you the ability right now through secure.evonline.com to link your accounts together, to tie them all to a common email address so you can see what other characters are registered to this address and be able to pull that information out. I think it would be useful to be able to say, how have an ESI endpoint that says how many unique characters are associated with this, um, with this ID or with this this person, like how many warm bodies are attached to these characters, because A, it helps drive the uh, espionage game on that point. You know, yeah. if somebody comes to me and, and I'm a recruiter and I'm trying to vet them through easy endpoints and through their, uh, you know, uh, like uh, ESI knife, and, and I see, you know, this person's told me they have nine characters, but I see they have 12. I'd like to be able to ask them about that. That would really kill a lot of espionage, to be fair. Would it, though? Because there's nothing stopping you from putting an email account that's not linked to those. Um, I guess, yeah. So, I mean, I work in IT. Believe me, there's ways around it. Um, (laughs) But it also gives people the ability to say, you know, of the 70 or 80 people we have in our mid-tier or small corp, how many of these people are actually playing all the time? How many people are active across these characters? Who can I give awards to based on the greatest participation and greatest activity? Am I granting it to just one of their characters or am I granting it to the person? Fair enough. We have reached the end of uh, the questions I have. Is there anything you'd like to say to the voting public, uh, a closing statement or anything like that, that you'd like to... uh Go with them. Yes, for the love of Bob, vote and use all of your votes because this works on a single transferable vote system. So every vote you cast um, will have an effect. And even if the person you are voting for doesn't get in, their votes will transfer to the next most populous person. And then that will carry on and on until we have just 10 candidates left. I believe it's 10. And from there, um, 
you know, if you don't use all your votes, you're basically leaving that that choice to other people's whims. Um, please vote. Use all your votes. And if I was to support any other candidates, um, I definitely re- support Steve for for reelection. And I'm also running with several other streamers. You know, I'm running with uh, Matterall from TIS, and I'm running with uh, Manic Velocity, and Zenuria is coming back. Um, I I definitely like. Uh, Matterall, and I really like Manic, and I think that there's enough of a focus on the enjoyment of the whole game, and on attraction retention, and building good stories from Eve, um, from the, the from the sector uh, of the of the you know newscasters and podcasters and streamers, that this really could be the year of the content producer. And I would love to see this group come together in the CSM and push CCP to be more adventurous in ways that they get this game into the hands of new players. Thank you very much, buddy. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you as always. Um, Juris Doctor, asking for your vote in the CSM 14. Thank you so much, buddy. Really, really enjoyed that. No problem. Thanks so much for your time.